0: podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network.
1: Hi, I'm Yannick Hansmann. I'm Elia Marchenko. I'm Dennis Kudler. This is Sebastian Wolfo. It's Mark Andrea Whistler. I am Francisco Cerundelo. And you're listening to The Game Podcast. Hopefully you enjoy it.
0: Hopefully. The epic final. Novak Djokovic. Carlos Alcaraz. We saw it in Wimbledon and we're going to get it at the US Open. He's going to be able to handle a situation in a Grand Slam final against Djokovic because he's beaten him in one. I'm going for Carlos Alcaraz,
1: The main man. The number 24. Novak Djokovic. US Open time, baby! Let's go! Goff could be our U.S. Open champion.
0: Three-set final in which Egar wins. Near or near impossible that Djokovic doesn't make the final.
1: Novak Djokovic claiming his 24th Grand Slam title on the women's side. And he lost bingo. No
0: surprise here. I think that Novak Djokovic will win this year's U.S. Open and Coco Gauff is going to be the
1: American that wins it on the women's side. That Novak Djokovic will win this Grand Slam, beating Alcaraz in the final. I believe that Sabalenka is going to uh, ace up this uh, Grand Slam.
0: Sabaleta and Djokovic take care.
1: Novak Djokovic will have as
0: many Grand Slams as there are hours in the day. Oz is going to do it. I really believe, I think Oz has learned from her mistake. Novak Djokovic is going to win the US Open. Irina
1: Sabalenka is winning her second Grand Slam. Carlos Alcaraz is going back to back. He's going to defend his US Open title.
0: Coco Goth on home soil is taking home the cake. Goth will win.
1: hey welcome back tennis fans day four in the books at the u.s open and daniel medvedev the, he's sort of the third favorite on the men's side he's cruising through again and some people need to start taking notice because he's not going to have to play some of the other players we thought he might have to play now hubi hercatch goes out in straight sets to the brit jack draper I didn't even think that he was going to be fully fit to even play this tournament. I even forgot he was one of the Brits in the tournament on the last episode. And now he's gone and beaten my semi-finalist of my bracket, Hubi Hercatch. Incredible story. And the Brits still doing all right. We've got four left in, JG.
0: Yeah, I think you've touched on some of my favourite moments there. Of course, Draper beating Hercatch is brilliant. And that is something we're going to go into some detail on on this episode because I'm fascinated to see whether Draper can keep up this run. We've seen him time and time again beat good players, but he seems to then the next week, or the sorry, the next game, just really struggle. Uh, Alcaraz, he won convincingly. It wasn't really much of a test, and nah. there were some ridiculously good shots in that one. Um, I think it was against Lloyd Harris. Is that right? Yes, that's correct. And Medvedev. You touched on him at the start and maybe is one of the biggest stories. And I think more so for the things he did, which wasn't tennis. Yeah. Uh, And that's what we're going to be talking about. There's a lot of funny Medvedev moments, what happened on day four. And I don't know if it's just me being a bit biased. I'm a bit of a Medvedev fan, but I found them as the biggest highlight over the tennis. I actually really enjoyed some of Medvedev's antics. So let's start off with them
1: and get straight into it. Most definitely. And he was up against Chris O'Connell, somebody we've obviously met in person and had on the podcast and gave a good account of himself, did Chris O'Connell. Took a set, which some people probably wouldn't have even expected here. But the big talking point, like you were saying, Medvedev upset with two fans who were walking while he was trying to serve. He said, are you stupid or what? I like this. And one of the fans blew him a kiss. Daniel versus the US Open crowd saga is back. Yeah, I love it. I absolutely love it. Yeah, I don't think it's
0: just Daniel versus the crowd. It just seems to be Daniel versus the US Open. Um, But saying that, we've also seen it at Roland Garros as well. Anywhere, really. Daniel versus tennis. You could probably make a whole episode well, a whole probably series of several episodes of Daniel Medvedev arguing to someone about something in a funny manner. We've not had any small cat incidences (laughs) yet. We've not had him complaining about the courts yet, I don't think. Mm. Um, But certainly complaining about the crowd, people walking around. Uh, The next one is, I think, him moaning about his opponent's medical timeout. (laughs) um so medvedev asked to see the doctor after losing the third set to o'connell and the doctor asked what's the symptoms what's wrong and medvedev replied yeah i lost the set give me whatever you gave him because obviously (laughs) i think it was the was it the third set which he lost to chris o'connell in a tire break and chris took a medical timeout straight after that or i think it was a stoppage to see the doctor and got some medication and it was, let's be honest, it probably was nothing wrong with him. It was just a, his way of just sort of trying to disrupt Daniel Medvedev. It didn't work and Medvedev did the same thing. Yeah,
1: I mean, it's just, I just love uh, hearing these quotes. He's a troll. That's what yeah. he is. You know, he's the biggest troll in tennis. It's. I I think it's great for the game. I like it. And I can't wait to see like a whole compilation of all of these. I'm sure there's going to be a video eventually of the end of his career. It's going to be about an hour long of all of his little snippets from all of these slams or other tournaments. Maybe
0: we'll make one. Maybe it's a good thing for us to do. We can make a little Daniel Medvedev uh, compilation video of all of his funny moments Um, it's going to be difficult to know where to start because there's so many of them So many. and I mean the ones at the US Open I think have been quite good but let me know in the comments section guys what do you make of it do you think he's a little bit too much of a clown does he annoy you Uh, do you enjoy it do you find it funny every opinion is valid I want to hear what you guys have to say I think me and Ben actually agree that we find it quite funny and we like it I think he's an entertaining character. In terms of his tennis, he played very well. Do I think he can now go and beat Alcaraz? No. Uh, I've not looked at anything so far and thought, okay, now he's going to be able to get for Alcaraz because he always seems to play amazing against everyone until he reaches Carlos Alcaraz. I mean, in Grand Slams, Daniel Medvedev is performing brilliantly. Yeah. And I think we've got some percentage stats there. Yeah, You bring we them up on how he's been doing. And it's 73.73% in Grand Slam uh, events. That's the win percentage, which is incredibly high. And yep. it's equal with Marek Safin uh, for the highest win percentage among, among uh,
1: Russian players in the Open era. It's brilliant. I, I think that he's definitely one of the most consistent players on the tour. I, it can't be denied. And for anybody coming into this U.S. Open, not expecting him to be a contender—I mean, we said it in the countdown uh, episodes—he's definitely a contender. Alcaraz, there's no guarantee that Alcaraz will be the player that he meets in a semifinal. That's the—that's probably what he's banking on. <laughs> and it, and else... if it is an Alcaraz. He's favourite for the final. Yeah. Exactly. If somehow
0: Alcaraz doesn't make the semi, Medvedev no, will be there. Now. No, that's true. And with um this stat's crazy, but you've got to remember, two of the slams, one's on grass and one's on clay, Medvedev doesn't really like that. He only likes hard court. So I'm assuming the hard court statistics probably about ninety percent. I wouldn't be surprised if Australian Open US Open's around ninety percent. I don't have it to, to hand right now. Not a quick look. Um But I I reckon it's somewhere close to that because, yeah, he's
1: always let down with Roland Garros and and Wimbledon. Yeah, I mean, such a high win percentage, isn't it? And I think it's just amazing. I think he's an amazing player. I like the fact he has a different style. I don't think it's great for every player to be playing with exactly the same style. And we need more characters as well. He He has a very unique style that obviously people have said, we wouldn't ever train anyone to play the way that Daniel Medvedev plays, but it's yeah. effective for him. Is he like, can people work him out? Yeah, I think that they can, but I think that his gas tank is better than most players on the tour. His recoverability is better than a lot of the players on the tour. A serve is a lot better than you, pl- you other players You say people on the can, play. Ben, but who can? I've not no, seen no, many people suss him out in a grand slam on a hard court. No, but I think we know. What?
0: And this is where we're at at the moment. I mean, it's only yeah. Djokovic and Adkalaz. I don't know who else you've seen who
1: sussed him no, out. But on these, we, these no, questions. but we know what works against him. That's what I'm saying. Like he has a very like definitive game style. Okay. So do you, you think?
0: People... Do you think maybe a I don't know someone like a Rublev will be able to use that game style, which they know out of the strategy on beating him to to beat Medvedev? Because I'm no, still not sure he... if he can do it in a Grand
1: Slam. He doesn't have the style, I don't think, to be able to do it. That's what I mean. The game plan's there. Not many people couldn't implement it, though. And that's the real uh, like puzzle with Daniel Medvedev. You have to be elite to be able to beat him on a hard court. That's, that's the one thing, the one takeaway from all of these things. Alkalaz and Djokovic, they seem to be able to do it. Obviously, Nadal. He was able to do it, but look how hard it was for him to do it. He had to come back from the depths of despair, did Nadal, uh, to win in five sets in the Australian Open final. So, yeah, definitely a scary prospect moving through the tournament is Daniel Medvedev. Will he be on a collision course with Andrei Rublev? Or will he be on a collision course with Jack Draper? Jack Draper not only defeats Hubert hercatch he destroys... <laughs> who but her catch straight sets win Amazing. for the Brit. It is so exciting. This is the story I didn't expect this tournament. Yeah. I I, yeah. I was just thinking, Oh, it's going to be Draper. He's not fully fit. He's going to come in. He's going to probably go out in like the first round, maybe, maybe even the second round. If it go, the one thing that worries me about him at the moment is can, can he go five? That's the one thing that worries me. What about you? I agree completely. Uh, not just can he go
0: five, can he go for a duration of a Grand Slam? Because a Grand mm. Slam is extremely taxing on the body. You're playing day after day, so you get the day in between, but usually they're longer matches, being best of five against the top players in the world with that extra motivation. So everyone's leaving as much as they can on the court. That's for me, is the issue. Just being able to compete in the physicality of a Grand Slam Technically, he's brilliant, and I would liken him to a Sebastian Corda-style player in terms of both of them. Two, I think, are on a bit of an even kill. They have the ability to beat a lot of top players. I just don't know which one's going to turn up, and I'm a bit mm. sh- unsure with Jack Draper. But that's why neither of us really had him going far. You can make a you can make a, a punt on either him or Corda at any moment, and they can go to a quarterfinal of a Grand Slam, maybe even a semi. If the draw's great, final. But it's unlikely at the moment. But they have so much ability. They're really good tennis players. And less of Corder because he's one. He's shown... The reason I highlight him is because he's another one who's just gone out now. That could have easily been Jack Draper, in my opinion. However, Draper's turned up. He's playing well. Who's he got next? Is that going to be a winnable match? I'm not sure. Michael Mo. Um It certainly is winnable. But it wouldn't surprise me if he goes out to Michael Moe. So I'm not going to... Get too carried away yet? Let's wait and see. And I'm not saying that Michael Moe's a world beater. I just don't think Draper from match to match is all that consistent. If he is, he beats Michael Moe. He's a better player than him.
1: He's definitely. And don't forget, Michael Moe has just come off a five set match, which was over four hours long. Unfortunately, ending the career of a legend in Big John Isner. And I've just quickly found a tweet just because. John Isner, it was his final match. So we've got to give it up for Big John. What a fantastic career. Lots of records he's set throughout his career as well. And it was a little bit sad to see the way that it ended. He was doing quite well in the tie break. And then he just doesn't have the movement. That was what was lacking. He just couldn't get to the net quick enough. The volleys weren't really there. And unfortunately, well, or fortunately for Michael Moe, he won the match. And, uh, yeah, this is it. The the next chapter of his life. He gets to spend a bit more time with his family. And thanks, Big John, for all the memories.
0: Yeah. Uh, just quickly on Draper. I just want to touch on some big players he's beaten now in his career. Uh, you might it. be surprised. Andy Murray, he's beaten. Dominic Thiem. Stefano Sissapas. Taylor Fritz. Felix. Gal Monfils. Uh, Jill Simon. Yannick Sinner. Diego Schwartzman, Fabio Fanini. They're some of the top players who we've seen. And he's all played, all of them, only once and beaten them once. So not bad. Pretty impressive considering these are, many of them have won Grand Slams or been very deep in Grand Slams or won many ATP titles. He's done very well. And um, I think uh, it's going to be fascinating now to
1: see if he can push on. I think the one thing that we need to look into with Draper as well, he's won both his matches in straight sets so far. That's brilliant. If he can beat Mo in straight sets again, fantastic. He could set up a potential fourth round matchup with Andre Rublev. If he comes into that without dropping a set, I think we could have a super entertaining match and that's a tough match for Rublev as well. I think that... He will need all the fitness in the world to be able to get past Andre Rublev, because yep. I think that this is just a tougher test, obviously being the number eight seed. But the and thing he struggles sl- against
0: Rublev as well. Uh he's played twice, lost twice to Rublev, one on a hard court, one on a clay court. He played <laughs> Washington 2022, lost six four, six two. So it's a tough yeah. test.
1: Someone he doesn't like to play. The one thing that's different between Drape, like uh, let's say compare British players, Andy Murray the marathon man. Then we've got Radu Kanu and Draper, just sort of like to win in straight sets. And if it goes a bit longer, you sort of see the frailties come out. Come on, we need a bit more Murray in these players, I think, these days, JG. Come on. Yeah,
0: I'll tell you what we need. We need a a British player who's able to go the distance. There isn't one at the moment. I don't see any who you fancy in the depths. And I think a lot of that comes from mental strength, um a lot across most of I don't think it's just british players I think it's the young generation in general they struggle when it comes yep. to the real depths of matches that's why we're seeing the likes of Wozniacki come back on tour win matches Stan Wawrinka 38 years old <laughs> flying uh, I want to touch on, on him it. so maybe we go yep. there now because this is another one who for me is up there as much as I was joking at the start saying how Medvedev the whole it's am not, not really joking. It's kind of been my highlight of day for all the Medvedev antics. Another one's Draper and another one's Dan Wawrinka. They're all up there for me. Um, and this story is brilliant because he plays so well. And when you compare him to so many other young players, Sissipas has gone out again. Uh, Veritin is terrible for him. His body just doesn't seem to allow him to play. Zverev, so many different injury issues. He's going to be the next best thing, World number one soon. Can't then falls off a little bit. So many inconsistencies against all these next-gen players who apparently are going to be the next best thing. You've got Stan Wawrenko, who's been on the tour for however many years. I don't even want to guess. It's been a long, long time.
1: <laughs> so um, long.
0: Probably before I was born playing tennis. And he's out here, and he's won Grand Slams in an era with Rafael Nadal, <laughs> I Novak Djokovic, Roger Federer, and Andy Murray is like sort of the big four. He's, he's won big events during that time. And he's here now, 38 years old, nothing to prove. Still doing well. I mean, it's it's not easy beating Echeverry. Beats him again. Beats another player in the round before. He's just incredible. Uh, faces Yannick Sinner next. I think that's going to be incredibly tough. But I feel like we'll get a good match. I mean, you, you know what you're going to get with Stan Ravrenko, He knows how to play tennis. He's a brilliant, resolute, mentally strong individual. And I'm excited for it. I would like to see him beat Sinner. I know it'll be upsetting for you, but that's who I want to win. Will he win? I
1: don't think so. No, I mean, Sinner on fire at the moment. He looks electric. It's someone we haven't really even touched on in these episodes. I mean, the matches have been so easy. I don't For him, I don't think they're easy competitors. I feel that he's made it look easy. Yeah, he's good. And, and Sinner... For for me right now is one of the most informed players in this tournament. He looks electric. He like his shot making ability right now doesn't look like he can miss, and I'm excited to see how he sort of puts it on Vavrinka, who's playing brilliant tennis. Let's not let's not uh, like mess around with this. His backhand looks fantastic right now, Stan Vavrinka. It's as good as it's ever looked. So, as long as he's got that in the locker, I think Sinner's going to have to try and find a game plan to try and avoid the big shots of Vavrenka in that matchup. If he can, I think Sinner should win. Maybe in four? I think we could give Stan a set, but most likely Sinner in three, I reckon. Yeah,
0: yeah the way he's playing, just so dominant, and he brushed past San Ego. It's not yeah. like he's playing bad players. He's just so much better than a lot of people. So... It's not informed. interesting yet for Yannick Sinner. I mean, if he brushes past Wawrinka as well, then you have to then start having one eye on the potential of Sinner
1: versus Alcaraz because
0: we're getting closer and closer to it.
1: Come on. I mean, let's put this into perspective for vavrinka and Sinner as well. Obviously, they're going to be facing each other next. Uh, Yannick Sinner's first ever US Open was in 2019. Stans was in the qualifying in 2004. So <laughs> that was when they first had their first appearance, appearances at the US Open. Uh, Stan only made it to the second round of qualifying that year, but it was in the third round the year after. But yeah, that's how many years back we have for Stan at the US Open. Nice. That's a good one. Right, so moving on to the next one. And you were talking about sinner Alcalaz. Well, Morgado, he loves a bit of Alcalaz as well. And this was was this an Alcalaz a uh, quote here, yeah,
0: yeah. He says, I love watching the matches and following the scores so I know who lost early. I love the grand slams, I spend all day checking the scores. <laughs> the reason I sent this to you is because you don't often see it with tennis players. We've been in the press room many times, well, say many times, many times over one tournament. And every player when they're asked about what other matches they've been watching, a lot of the times they kind of distance themselves from everything, all the noise around an event. They yeah. focus on their own uh set, regimented plan. Yep. Al-Kraz is clearly a tennis fan. I'm sure loads of them are, but not all of them are is invested, I feel, in what's happening around them. Um but Alcaraz, he's there, like like the usual tennis fan is, scrolling probably through flash scores, having a look, see who's winning. <laughs> Uh, finding out what's going on, and he he seems to be loving it. I think another thing, what this highlights, is probably because it's, I don't want to be too disrespectful to his opponents, but because he's so much better than everyone else at the moment, he probably can take a little bit of focus off the individual matches and just be like, oh, let's have a look what's going on. Yeah, I'll beat him anyway. Yeah, fine. Have a little look around. Maybe that's not what it is, and I I don't suppose it is, but that's that's the way I think of it.
1: Uh, I think that he he can look to his bracket and see, oh, well, who is... How's Dan Evans getting on? He's, he, I mean, he might be my next round opponent. I just feel oh. deep down Carlos Adkaz can look at the draw and be like, yeah, well, I'll beat these ones. I
0: probably could be playing him. And it's interesting to see who he's going to be playing because he's so good and so confident in his ability. There's very few people, only him and Djokovic, who you kind of know. I'm not waking up every morning thinking, oh, Adkaz... Did he win? Did he not? I just know he's won. It's like Djokovic. If he plays at 1.30 in the morning, I go to bed. I'm not waking up in the morning thinking, oh, did Djokovic win? I know he's won. It's more like, was it straight sets? How was
1: the scoreline? He's got a tough and one tonight. Did anything happen in the match, crazily? Yeah, that's it. I mean, it's they're the same thing for Alcaraz, and it? It's exactly yeah. the same. I mean, will Alcaraz be looking for a couple of rounds ahead? you hope not. Will he be looking at the Vavrinka sinna match going, come on, stand, do me a favour. I don't really want to play Sinna. That could help me out if you could take don't out Sinna. I feel Sin. like is
0: like that, though, as well. I feel he's someone who just uh, thrives on playing big players. Yeah. If does. you could if you could ask him, he'd probably rather play Sinna because he's like, ah, Sinna's a good friend of mine. I want to play him. He's got such a good rivalry. Give him some high fives during the match. He loves him. He probably wants to play Sinna.
1: He's like, I like actually running around for a I like entertaining. It'll make
0: me make me work
1: harder. Make oh, my biceps it. grow. It, extend his already huge gas tank he has for a five-set match. Um, well, Yannick Sinner, if he was to get past Vavrinka, it's either Dimitrov or Zverev next after that. And it's tough. I mean, Zverev, he's playing all right as well. He's making his way through the rounds. Got past Altmaier. And then... I don't see
0: Zverev struggling Alcaraz though.
1: That's the problem, isn't
0: it? I mean, It's that's a bit like si- an alkalaz Medvedev matchup. It a just, little
1: bit. He likes them style of players. On clay, maybe slightly different. Because we know what Zverev did to Alkalaz at the French Open. Obviously, not maybe not the same Alkalaz now. But still, Zverev has the ability, if he serves well, he can always get to a tie break. And yep. anything can happen there. Right, on to the next. Uh, the next one is, well, about I was the women. We could talk biceps oh okay we can talk biceps let's let me just have a look here we go i don't have to but i thought why not we're speaking about biceps yeah, let's, let's talk it. about it so these two don't
0: need any sun to show off their guns who rocked this nike sleeveless look
1: the best this face for alkalis as well it's a bit unfortunate <laughs> the way they've caught him like yeah. gurning face i mean who? would you make it? Of the
0: outfit first do you like the new out Al- the nike uh sleeveless look i I mean, I wouldn't be able to pull it off. I'm telling you that right now. What one would you um, look better in? I think the one on the left wouldn't work for you because it just with your pasty white skin and that, it just
1: would look terrible. Yeah, yeah. I mean... a little twigs I'd be... poking out. Imagine that. I, I might get you to... it.
0: If, if I bought you it for your birthday, I bet your birthday's coming up. We're in your birthday month as
1: well, Ben. Well, that's true, actually. Um, if I bought you this sleeveless one on the left, would you wear it? Well, if I bought you the sleeveless one on the right, would you wear it? Maybe we not can have a match Not if you're wearing the one on the left at the same time. Well, you're saying about I not want to give I've, people the wrong idea. You can say I'm going to have some scrawny little pasty arms out there. How's yours going to look? It's going to be stretched over <laughs> oh, your belly. Yeah,
0: look, more... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Over the belly, it would look terrible.
1: <laughs> we're going to... be like we're a gonna... little lump
0: there. But no going to buy I've got more biceps than you. At least they'll pop a little bit.
1: This, these are never going to get sold if we're the ones advertising them let's put it that way <laughs> I
0: feel like okay. nice to, to, to answer TFI. the question who wore it better
1: I think TFO to be honest
0: I think Nadal
1: oh sorry he's not there oh, um, oh what where's the no, pop
0: up if Nadal was there he would have wore it better but he's not there
1: um, I I would agree I'd also go TFO sorry Alcalaz Alcalaz is really maybe it's the photo things. putting me off but well, I put out a tweet, didn't I, the other other day saying that he looks a bit like uh, Mr. Motivator. All the times he's wearing all these crazy outfits Uh TFO, it does make me laugh. But yeah, people, that's a very old reference for people. If you used to watch morning TV in the UK, it was always this fitness guy. He used to come on and he used to just get everybody going in the mornings. But he always used to wear like the craziest, like uh, brightest colours. But yeah, a very fun guy. Same as TFO. I mean... I'll be surprised if he knows him, though. Anyway, let's move on to the next one. We were going to talk about Svitolina. So let's speak about Svitolina. And this was after her match. She had an absolutely incredible match that she came through. She was playing against, was it Pavlyuchenkova, the uh, the last match that she played? And a very, very tough match as well. It wasn't an easy one for her. But she came through in well from a set down and then in the final set, 6-4, She's still doing the damn thing. One of my surprise packages, love to see it. And obviously, Gail Monfils, we had to uh, say goodbye to him yesterday. So one half of the uh, the marriage is still in the tournament, which is great to see as well. And this was her explaining the moment she asked the umpire during her match if Gail Monfils' match has started, <laughs> which is good that she's checking up on him. What's the nickname for these two? I forgot now. All I I've don't... got is Sissidoza in my head. Oh no, I don't know the nickname for this one. Oh,
0: come on. There is one. You know Monf, it then. Month
1: Montfelina. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <Monfalina. laughs> <Yeah, that'd> be... <laughs> that, that's the new one. But, but no, I thought it was um it was interesting. We had a Russian versus a Ukraine twice uh, yesterday. I think they've played at the same time as well. Yes. Alexandrova beat Tezarenko. but then Svitolina beat Pavlochenkova to even it up. And I think Svitolina is just so good against Russians. I don't think it matters who it is, but she's just yeah. got that extra gear. And Svitolina is a good Russians. player. Yeah, and Belarusians <laughs> as well. She's been beaten. So she's just, um, she's having a great year in Grand Slams. It's incredible, really. Uh, I know we spoke about it on the episode two days ago when we covered her last match and her win percentage in Grand Slam sort of post-pregnancy is incredible. Yeah. And yeah, long may it continue. Hopefully she can keep going through the rounds.
1: Most definitely. Moving through, it, I know you quickly. This oh, is the favorite
0: on. tennis love story from whoever tweeted this out. Who is it? Was at the tennis letter or someone? Uh, yeah, the tennis letter. Who is this your favorite tennis love story? There's plenty to twos from. Do you have a
1: favorite? Do you have a top five? I've got a top five of ones I was sad about when they broke up. <laughs> 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 I don't know. I quite. I quite like their their love story. I feel that their one has been a very long term, and it's had its ups and downs. But I feel that they're a really good fit, Montes and Spitalina There's none of this. Sh- they're ben, not I'll, too shallow. I don't want to hear
0: all the talk. I want to know. Don't get soppy with me. I want to know. Is it your favorite? Yes or no? If not, what? Who? Who is your favorite tennis love story?
1: I'm trying to think of. And a you can't others, say you right? and John Silk. <laughs> <laughs> so what stays in Zagreb but... <laughs> anyway no I think that is the best one for sure I think these oh, two I think they it. are definitely uh, made for each other those two a very sweet couple okay right moving on moving on we touched on this one already sad for Matteo Berrettini yet again and the injuries keep on mounting up for him this one just unfortunate rolling his ankle I mean, it looked terrible. He was um, rolling around on the floor in pain.
0: They brought all of the, the, the I don't know if it's ball boys or people yeah. from the side to come around with umbrellas to shield him from anyone looking in. I mean, it looked bad. And then he got wheeled off in a wheelchair. You see him sort of holding his head in agony off the court. Something happened to Zverev, didn't it? Uh, yeah. Roland Garros not too yes. long ago. I don't think this one's as bad. But it might be, though. We'll have to wait and see after the scans. I don't think he's going to play for some time. But Berettini having a really torrid time this year, he has done really on and off his whole career. He's been someone who's had a lot of injuries. This is just a really unfair and unfortunate one. There's nothing yeah, he can do definitely. about it. He just needs to, when he gets back, pretend and with something like this, it's not going to help. But just generally, some of the other injuries and illnesses he's had, I think he just needs yeah. to better prepare his body and maybe do a bit more uh, physical conditioning to prevent some
1: of the other injuries. With this one, obviously, you can't prevent, though. No, that's just an unfortunate one. Rolling your ankle. There's just no way you can continue after one of those, unfortunately. I mean, if he did, he's just at risk of just very, very like career-ending injury. And we don't want that for Berettini. We know he can get back to a, a top level where he can actually go deep in slams. And we need more competitors like Berrettini. But more competitors... Speaking about them, uh, Andre Rublev making his way through. He was the one who knocked out Gael Monfils. And (laughs) the crowd, surprisingly, were on the side of Gael Monfils. And Rublev said, Gael is such a legend. It's obvious he'd have all the support. He's been playing on the tour for so many years. He's super entertaining and charismatic. It's really fun to watch him. And of course, people support him a lot. It's normal. I mean, nothing goes without saying, doesn't it? think he knows certain matches when you're going to play you're not going to get any of the crowd and <laughs> has a bit of a torrid time I feel like he doesn't get enough like enough likes really from yep. from the actual crowd I think he's actually a really nice guy yeah his on-court persona probably turns some people off him because he just goes into the this different mode on court and some people might not like it. he smashes the racket on his leg he just he's he a shouts like... out a lot,
0: but he's not actually like like when you get no. to if you got to know him as a person, I know Lovely. I'm really good friends with him. We often oh. go to the pub. Um Let's see how he has a pint, nice little pint. No, nah, probably vodka shots. <laughs> Shot on them back. Um <laughs> but no, legend, nice guy, good player. He's had a good year this year, and fair play, he didn't get the crowd support, but he's into the next round
1: yes he's indeed he's into the next round all he can do is keep winning and that's it yeah and then he could be on a clash with potentially you've got to beat reindeneck in the next round in the third then it could be Mo or draper hoping we get rublev versus draper and then it could be daniel medvedev but alex de Minaur seems to be look, looking pretty good at the moment so i'm sure if he gets past jerry we could have medvedev at alex de Minaur again and we well, I've got
0: or? Alex Dimonor playing Jerry in my bracket and I've got Jerry beating him. Reason being is because I'm very very hot on Jerry. I think he's class. He won again. Good he, match yesterday. You can't you can't look past him. Beat Mickelson as a tough player in four sets and there was very convincing sets in the ones he did win. Yeah. Jerry is class and I think he's going to trouble Dimonor despite him playing well. We could be looking at a big five-set epic.
1: And I'm I'm backing Jerry. Yeah. Uh, it was sad to see Mickelson go out, but I feel Jarry is just so strong. You saw that Mickelson was having to dig himself out of break points after break points on his serve, so not much more he could have done. Jarry just that good. He's back to form. Love to see it. And we lost John Isner, and now we're losing Jack Sock as well. And he has now retired from tennis after losing in the mixed doubles in round one. More tears from more American players and more American fans around the world, I'm sure.
0: Have we spoke about John Isner? Or did we do that yesterday?
1: Uh, I quickly spoke about it just a minute ago, but it was his last match, so we should speak yeah, about Yeah, maybe let's well. speak about
0: John Isner first, because All right. as much as Jack Sock is a legend, for me, the biggest legend is John Isner. I feel like, yeah, I did speak about this yesterday. I remember speaking about him flying the American flag and how much he's inspired me in terms of not his serving, but he is a legend and I've never, I've not really had a connection with a player like like John Isner, really. It's a it's a really weird one because he's not been my favourite player, obviously. Rafael Nadal, so many others have been, but John Isner is always, I feel like if someone had to give me a tennis shooter and they said, name the first five tennis players you can think of, John Isner would be in there.
1: He's a I know it sounds very... crazy,
0: and this would have been for forever. Like he's always someone I thought about because of his serving. And I watched a video the other day. Uh, yes, I think it was today. It was posted on Twitter, and it was the shot of the day. And what they did, the shot of the day was was John Isner's last ever ace, and yeah. it was just sort of. It was actually really sad, just seeing him hit his last ever ace. He's never going to oh. hit another ace again. I mean, that it sad, sad, but
1: I thought, yeah, I just wanted
0: to see him hit one more.
1: He's well known for his aces, as we know. Legend. Uh, well, going to miss yeah, him. Definitely. And this is what he had, had to be... say. He
0: said, tennis has been a huge part of my life. It's tough to say goodbye. Eventually, this day would come. It's hard to prepare for the emotions. Most importantly, I have an amazing life. I look forward to every second of that. Uh, good luck to in the next chapter. Big John.
1: Good luck well. indeed. Goodbye, Big John. Uh, maybe we'll finish this episode with a Big John button. I don't know. What do you reckon? Yeah. <laughs> Let's go back to Jack Sock as well, because I don't want to <laughs> yeah. go cross past him. He's another Sorry. good player,
0: definitely, from the US. Yeah. Um, he's known, for me, for the big forehand. Uh, I remember him playing always very well in Delray Beach. And he's very good at doubles. He's got great Amazing. hands at the net. And he's always... D- probably been one of the best doubles men's players We've had, um, definitely the sport's had for very many years. So, top, top player, brilliant forehand, and he's another one who's
1: going to be missed. But not as much as Big John for me. Yeah, Big John will definitely be missed. Um, Before we wrap this one up, let's just quickly have a look. I wanted to speak about the Brits, so I just brought this one up. We do have four left. I mean, look at the women's one first. Katie Balter, she made it through her match yesterday. Yeah, it was yesterday. And it was a really good performance. Three set win against uh, Wang. And now she faces Peyton Stearns. I mean, that is a tough match. She just destroyed Clara Towson, bageling Clara Towson in the final set. That. That's a tough one. I don't know if it's going to be an easy day at the office. For well, I all. thought
0: I thought Balter, Dimonor would have been your power couple when I asked you earlier. you
1: <laughs> skimmed past them. No, That's I another one so. who, of
0: course, one's, one half's British as well. You love the British yep. tennis and Katie Balter. Looking at their matches, probably on paper, Norrie and Draper has the best chances. Definitely. I don't give Evans a chance. And no. Bob, I, uh, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. But I know you are bigging up all the Brits. How many are left? How many are left? Look how many are left now. Not many. And I think past the third
1: round, it's going to be cut in half again. Well, maybe Evans can soften up Alcaraz because Norrie would have to play him in the next round. So maybe if Evans can do a number on Alcaraz, then Norrie will be there. He's got a good head-to-head against Alcaraz. He's beaten him twice. You never know. I don't. I'm not so sure though. I feel that is just scintillating, and Norrie's didn't have oh. a bad draw either. Um, I want before we go anywhere though. I just want to quickly say, please if you haven't done so yet, hit a like and subscribe, and join the Patreon if you want to watch myself and JG play against Sebastian Offner. That's right. He was playing on Arthur Ashe only a couple of nights ago, and he was playing against me and JG. That was, well, a couple of months, a few ago. months ago. Yeah. So here's a little advert to show you what you could be getting if you sign up. It's going to be a DTL first. Less of the talking. This is business. Do you think that we'll be able to win a point? If you have a little bit of luck. Oh, this is a fighting
0: talk. We're going to see if we can return any of Sebastian off in the surf. A killer. There we go. Sign up for, to the Patreon if you want to watch the full video of that and see who won the challenge between me and Ben. Uh, But for now, we'll see you later on for some matches. We'll be covering Eager. We've got Djokovic on really late as well. So don't go anywhere. Make sure, hit the like button, subscribe if you're new, and we'll see you very soon.
1: Podcast Network.